Breaking news because there's truly, truly no better kind than breaking news. Uh, well, no better kind of news than breaking news. You guys get the point. Uh, but yes, the Ravens have agreed to terms with free agent wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. And Lamar Jackson might have a really good receiver next year. I said might. But overall, this move makes a lot of sense for both sides, really, because obviously a big need for the Ravens going into the 2023 NFL draft was wide receiver. Odell Beckham Jr., even though he's getting up there uh, and uh, did not play in 2000, uh, you know, oh, geez, I almost forgot the year there for a second, the 2022 season due to the fact that, yes, uh, he did tear his ACL. Uh, he's still one of the better wide receivers that you can get. Again, I don't know if he's a number one, but I think we're getting past the point. At the end of the day, I think they got themselves a really good wide receiver. That was also, according to Ian Rappaport, it was an $18 million deal on a one-year $18 million deal. And quite honestly, I think it makes a lot of sense, again, for both sides. You know, Odell Beckham Jr. goes to a playoff contender, a, a team that's really needed that guy to be able to lead them uh, um, from the offensive uh, perspective, specifically at the wide receiver position. Also, it helps out the team when they want to go ahead uh, and keep a guy like Lamar Jackson happy and so that way they don't have to trade a potential guy that is a franchise quarterback so uh, again both sides really winning this one uh, as far as the rest of the NFL I mean I I, I don't know how the rest of these teams, like specifically teams uh, like the Bengals, they would be a lot of fun to get a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. Um, you know, uh, maybe even the Chiefs, like he, he was talked about for a little bit. Like the Vikings were dark horse contenders. Like, how would you not make a push for a guy like this of this kind of caliber? Uh, and at the end of the day, he's going to the Ravens, one of the better run organizations, one of the better drafting team organizations uh, that quite honestly now it opens them up to be able to do so many different things. Uh, they could go uh, corner in the first round, Deontay Banks there, uh, who's going to be sitting there, uh, I'm sure of it, uh, later on in the first round um, you know or they can go ahead and uh, help out the defensive side of the football really whatever they want now because they did sign Odell Beckham Jr. it's going to help him out a lot and I don't think that wide receiver is as much of a need now uh, but let us know what you guys think Odell Beckham Jr. signing a one-year 18 million dollar deal with the Baltimore Ravens make sure you guys like and subscribe down below let us know what you guys think overall about the uh, OBJ joining the Ravens Every team has questions going into the 2023 NFL Draft, and the Carolina Panthers are no exception. Yes, I think we're all asking the same question. Who are they going to draft, or which quarterback should the Carolina Panthers draft with the first overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft? Now, obviously, there's three guys I think of off the top of my head, and uh, you know, I might get a little bit of flack for choosing some of these guys, but uh, overall, I think that these three are the most likely scenarios. The fourth guy that we'll mention in a little bit uh, is definitely a guy that I think, I mean, it could. I mean, we've seen we've seen stranger things happen, but uh, by the way, I've been watching that show. I can't stop watching it. Uh, it's going to be fun. This is going to be a fun draft. Let's be real about it. So, uh, it starts with CJ Stroud. I think he's the number one logical choice here. Um, you know, over 40 touchdown passes over the last two years at Ohio State. Uh, you really like everything about this guy. Like, honestly, um, just uh, top to bottom, he's built solid. Uh, I mean, just all of his throws. I mean, you talk about the, the cons. Drops passes in the bucket like it just looks flawless. His arm strength is fantastic. Stands in, delivers, and throws. He looks like an astronaut in the pocket. Uh, timing anticipation. I mean, every single time his, his receivers were making an outbreak and on uh, some of those tapes I watched, it looked like he was just throwing with uh, exactly on time, and you absolutely love it. And he just looks like an absolutely natural passer, absolutely fluid. You you love it. Now, some of the questions is, you know, dual threat. Like, I, I just questioned his escapability. Is he going to be that guy that, you know, if things crumble in the pocket, can he find a way to be able to, you know, improvise, make things happen? And I don't think he struggled with that in any capacity at Ohio State. I just question how he's going to do that in the 
NFL because, yes, everybody runs 4-4s. It's a completely different level. So I do question that with him. And leadership, really, I think it, it, for all four of these guys, you wonder how four of them, all four of them are going to be a leader in the NFL. But uh, with C.J. Stroud, again, I don't think it's a problem with him as a, um, you know, with him as a leader. I just question uh, with every one of these guys how they're going to be able to lead uh, in any capacity. So we're just going to have to see that. But I think C.J. Stroud is the number one pick here that you have to definitely go with. Uh, the second guy, I mean, Bryce Young, he's that dude. Uh, you know, over the last couple of years uh, with Alabama has done some big time stuff. 47 touchdown passes in his sophomore year, then 32 his uh, senior year here. So, you know, honestly, he is uh, everything that you want in a franchise quarterback as well. You love his leadership. Like, he just looks calm on the football field. Like, it, it's so hard to coach that, uh, and it's uh, it's so fun to watch. Now, he's also a great improviser. You'll see him escape out of the pocket and get on the run, and he just, he honestly just makes defenses uh, pay when he's going off script. And it's, it's just a lot of fun. It's like Aaron Rodgers, you know, at that point when you see him get out of sight of the pocket, you're just like, crap. Now what do we do? And uh, he's just a lot of fun to watch. Also played, uh, played in a pro-style offense. Excuse me. Uh, you really like him uh, being around those concepts, that coaching. And so I think it will definitely be able to translate. And you also really like his pocket awareness um, just in terms of uh, being aware of what's going on around him and being able to play off of that. Now, obviously, yes, the biggest concerns with Bryce Young thus far have been his size. You know, I think he weighed in. Everybody's talking about it. He weighed in at like 204 pounds. Um, according to NFLDraft.com, literally a quarterback hasn't been drafted in like what, like the top 10 um, weighing less than 207 so yes size is a thing uh, also arm strength like he has arm strength not not that's not a problem but there's some throws you like you're like uh like he, he clearly i don't think he has the strongest arm in this class but he's got enough arm strength to get the uh, get the job done he's literally compared to drew Brees by nfl.com for a reason like he doesn't have the strongest arm but he's got enough to get it done and you love his accuracy uh durability also like you know you, you do have to question it with that size with that frame going into the nfl taking some of the hits from it's like it's like literally taking a hit from a buffalo um you do question and then also i i question to a degree his ceiling like when you get into uh, the later parts of his career how good can he be uh especially with that uh, arm strength limitation so you do question it i do think that now listen i think drew Brees is definitely a really good comparison i think he could potentially win super bowls in the nfl he could be that guy but again i do question uh, a lot of it uh moving forward because it, clearly he's not the most talented athlete in this draft but he's still a very very good uh quarterback prospect and i think he's going to be a future franchise quarterback um, for a lucky NFL team, especially in the top five. Now, this last guy, I mean, Anthony Richardson. I mean, he is the most polarizing good dude we've seen in a while. Like I would say since Cam Newton or maybe uh, a little bit sooner than that. Uh, but overall, Cam Newton uh, is, I mean, excuse me, Anthony Richardson. That's literally what he get, who he gets compared to uh, on NFLDraft.com. Like, you just love uh, how much of an athlete he is uh, through 17 touchdown passes and nine interceptions, over 2,500 passing yards in his uh, sophomore year there at Florida. So it's not like he's, like, breaking, you know, he's not breaking all of the records. But, like, you know, even running the ball, uh, I mean, I think he had double-digit rushing touchdowns. Like, in every sense of the word, he's just an athlete. Uh, you know, uh, what was it, a 4-4 a run uh, at the combine over a 40-inch vertical? Like, he's just polarizing. Like, he's an athlete. Um, when NFL defenses are going to go against him, like, he will be a guy that they keep their eye on, and they, he will make people nervous. Uh, arm strength for days. There's a reason this man hit the ceiling at his pro day with a throw. Uh, yeah, I mean, this dude is an absolute stud in every facet of the world. Also, you really like his moxie. You really like his confidence. Really, uh, I mean, uh, like, any time you end your pro day with a backflip definitely shows that you have some confidence, and you 
love to see it. Now, what are the cons? Well, you do question his inaccuracy at times. You look at, you know, uh, and I, we'll get into a little bit more in the Jack and Box throws, uh, what that means in a second. But overall, inaccuracy, you'll you'll see it. Um, you know, he'll lead receivers a little bit too much. Uh, some of those finer throws, he needs to really develop his touch. Uh, and I think that's, you know, it's a coaching thing, absolutely. But overall, it's uh, definitely something that needs to get improved. Uh, but I think it can with coaching. Uh, Decision-making, that's one of those things that goes back to smarts, do the, do, you know, uh, and not relying too much on athleticism in the NFL, uh, relying on too much arm strength, relying on too much uh, athleticism. Like, uh, how can he uh, make the best possible decision with every single snap for an NFL franchise? Jack-in-the-box throws, what I refer to with that is, you know, literally, if you look at his freshman year, his first, you know, uh, between two throws, one was a touchdown, one, one was a pick. You really don't know what's going to come out with this guy. It's a 50-50 ball. Um, you know, uh, like there's, like I said, he's got tremendous arm strength, so it's going to be in the general vicinity of the, the receivers and all that, but again, you really do need to work on uh, a lot of the intangibles, and again, that's all coachable, uh, and if he gets the right coach, watch out. Like, he's just going to be a lot of fun, and then, yes, footwork, as you'll see a lot of those, uh, you know, and I, everybody that I see talking about him uh, that, that watches him, you know, they all talk about how he really needs to set his feet more and really work more on his footwork, so uh, again, all those things are coachable for a guy like Anthony Richardson, and you're really excited about him, uh, and really going to, uh, it's going to be really cool to see what he does in the NFL, uh, especially with the right coaching. Now, I also wanted to mention Will Levis, but I just, I feel like Will Levis has taken more and more of a slide. I don't think he's going to go number one, but Will Levis, you really like um, how tall he is. You like the arm strength, all that kind of a thing. The cons, again, um, you know, it's kind of similar to, uh, you know, Bryce Young and uh, Anthony Richardson. So, uh, yes, you do question, uh, well, uh, on his own uh, respect, excuse me, you kind of question, you know, playing at a smaller school, how's it going to translate into the NFL? He needs coaching. That's just the harsh reality, uh, reality of it. All these guys need coaching, but honestly, those between those four guys, I would more go along the lines with C.J. Stroud and uh, Anthony Richardson because both of those guys, you know, you really don't question their arm strength. You really don't question, um, you know, them as leaders uh, more per se, I would say. But I think overall, you would uh, you would really think that, you know, between those two guys, those are two of the obvious choices. Now, you could go Bryce Young as well. But overall, I mean, uh, with the way that these two guys, C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson have played, it's fantastic. Bryce Young, I would say, is probably going to be a Texan. But hey, anything happens, it's the draft. It's going to be a lot of fun. But let us know what you guys think about which quarterback the Carolina should pan uh, Panthers should draft and the first uh, with the first overall pick make sure you guys like and subscribe down below leave a like and a comment it helps people find the show we greatly appreciate all the support that we've gotten and to continue to get you guys are all truly awesome we love every single one of you in the description down below you'll find all of our social media platforms so give us a like and a follow there. Also remember to give us a listen and sub on iTunes. And finally, if you have anything else you'd like us to cover, send us an email at thesportsbp at yahoo.com or put in the comment section down below and we would love to cover it. But let us know in the comment section uh, about which quarterback you think the Carolina Panthers should select with the first overall pick. The Minnesota Vikings are in an overall good position, especially coming out of free agency that puts them in a spot to go best player available in the 2023 NFL draft. I mean, I love the free agency period for the Vikings. Yeah, they don't got a lot of cap space right now, but we could see, you know, trades uh, that involving Zadarius Smith, Dalvin Cook, maybe even Daniil Hunter, unfortunately. Don't love that one. But I think that there's a couple of guys at 23, 87 and all over the place that if the Vikings do uh, not only get extra draft capital, but if they get them to fall to them, I think it's going to really work out for them. But I'm gonna, today I'm going to go over 
the top draft targets for the Minnesota Vikings before any major of those trades happen or anything like that. We're assuming right now Devin Cook will be back uh, in 2023, but for right now, we're going to do our top draft prospects for the Minnesota Vikings in the 2023 NFL Draft. So uh, we're going to bring you over here to our trusty PFF mock draft simulator because we want to kind of do- go through a simulation here just to kind of see how things uh, will fall. Uh, yes, all of uh, all you guys know all of our draft uh, situations at this point. So we're going to go ahead and enter the draft. Now, at 23, this could be pretty interesting because, you know, there's a list of guys that could be here at 23. Uh, guys like, uh, you know, Joey Porter Jr. is probably going to be gone. Jackson Smith and Jibgo, by the way, has really shot up draft boards. He's going to be interesting. But there's going to be a lot of players. Guys like Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison immediately pop off the mind to me. Uh, Will McDonald, the fourth or fifth, whatever, and it was, was great at num- Roman numerals. Uh, he could be there as well. So there's some edge players here. There's some wide receiver uh, players here. Uh, Kalijah Kansi would be a guy that I think before the combine would have fallen to you. But, I mean, with the combine he had, it, it just was insane. So uh, you're Ken, your lucky stars. Who is your, your top draft uh, targets at this particular position? I think it's got to be defensive tackles, Kalijah Kansi as well, and, as well as Brian Bruzzi, as well as uh, Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison. Those got to be your four main guys there but if one of the top corners falls to you guys like joey porter jr which i don't see happening uh guys like devin witherspoon or christian gonzalez those definitely got to be in uh kind of the mix of things um and i also think that at 23 you know, we've talked about the Hendon Hooker thing, uh, you know, a little bit here on the podcast. I think it could be pretty interesting at 23 if the Vikings, I mean, if they even think they can trade down a little bit and still get their dude at, in the Hendon Hooker if they want to go that route, that's fine as well. But at 23, uh, I wouldn't put, you know, guys like Jalen Hyatt uh, on that list as well. Uh, Cam Smith, we saw him, uh, you know, has fallen down draft boards, but he would be fun. Osiris Torrance really buttoning up that right guard spot. I think he would be a lot of fun. So uh, just for uh, how everything is falling right now, I say they go Jordan Addison. So for the first one, I think think the first draft target there in that particular spot would be Jordan Addison. Now, when you got to get into the second round, I know they don't have a second round pick, but just bear with me for a second. When you get into the second round, I still think that Steve Avila is one of my favorite guys here in terms of playing center or guard. Um, as far as a linebacker, too, if they want to trade up for guys like Jack Campbell, uh, Dion Henley, I think they would be a lot of fun. Even I mean, there's no way the Jets go back-to-back with those two. If they do, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. It probably would be nasty, but overall, you know, guys like Nathaniel Darrell are, are there in the second round, too. I'm Keanu Bent would be an absolute stud uh, and would be a great find in the second round. Drew Sanders, I've fallen in love with. Uh, Joe Tippman. So as far as targets in the second round, those guys I think would definitely make a lot of sense. Siaki Apuika, oh, like just literally, um, there's so many different things there. Uh, and then, yes, when you get into the third round uh, at 87, which is obviously where the Vikings are selecting right now, um, Chandler Zavala has actually risen up draft boards. We just said he was one of the biggest draft sleepers in this entire draft. I think he's going to develop into a starter and be a lot of fun down the road. Uh, more Ojomo. Also, Keon White goes to pick the pick right before uh, to the Ravens. That would be a lot of fun. So in the third round, I think there's a lot of things you could do here. Uh, you know, Jalen Jones is there to help you out with corner. Sidney Brown, who can play in the slot. He can play in the outside. He can play corner. You love that. Moro Ojomo, too. Uh, if I was picking right here right now, I, you know, if no trades or anything go on, I would probably go Chandler Zavala here in the third round because, again, offensive line is definitely a big need here for the Vikings. Uh, but, again, trading back could really do some interesting f- things for them. Uh, so for the first three rounds, uh, and that's kind of mainly what we're going to do here, is uh, for the first three rounds, I mean, right off the bat, you get Jordan Addison. Obviously, you don't have a second 
round pick. Uh, but I think you could do some maneuvering if you want to trade back and still find a way to get Jordan Addison, get back into the second round, maybe get uh, a player that's uh, either in the corner position. Maybe you want to go ahead and hooker at any of those places. But overall, you know, corner, wide receiver, D tackle are, I think, kind of, kind of huge positions of need here. Uh, and so on, and when you get into the third round here, uh, yeah, I'm not absolutely not mad at all about taking Chandler Zavala. Um, and in the fourth round, Corey Trice is definitely going to be there as well as Anthony Johnson. But, you know, even Juice Scruggs, Andrew Voorhees towards ACL, he's going to be back. Don't worry about it. So there's a lot of draft targets here um, that I think could be a lot of fun. But I think the Vikings, uh, they really got to see. This is going to be uh, such an interesting draft just to see after all the smoke screens what's going on. Are they actually going to take Hendon Hooker at 23? I don't know yet. Um, but, you know, we kind of covered a lot of the guys that we think uh, would be immediate draft targets for the Minnesota Vikings um, and be guys that I think they need to take a flyer on uh, in rounds one through three. Uh, but let us know what you guys think and make sure you guys like and subscribe down below. Leave a like and a comment. It helps people find the show. We greatly appreciate all the support that we've gotten and continue to get. We love every single one of you. Down in the description below, you'll find all of our social media platforms. So give us a like and a follow there. Also remember to give us a listen and sub on iTunes. And finally, if you have anything else you'd like us to cover, send us an email at thesportsbp at yahoo.com or put it in the comment section down below and we would love to cover. But let us know what you guys think about our top draft target segment for the Minnesota Vikings. Heading into the 2023 NFL Draft, the Raiders are sitting pretty. Like, honestly, the way things are kind of going with all the different rumors, everything kind of going on, they are sitting in a really good spot. And I think that there's a couple of players um, on the defensive side of the ball that could be really big players you want to target. Uh, and today we're going to go over kind of some of the major targets for the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, guys that I really think could overall step in and do a lot of things for them. Uh, and it would be, yeah, a lot of fun. So giving up our mock draft simulator, just going to kind of walk you through the first three rounds and see how everything goes here. You guys know all all of our uh, PFF segments so far at this point are all of our settings for our mock draft. So at seven, I really think uh, the first four picks here, you probably could see a quarterback, maybe uh, the Cardinals going D line. Um, and I also think that, I mean, the Cardinals really could trade back with the Colts uh, and still get some draft capital because they still need some help around a lot of other areas. But uh, just to kind of give you guys again, an example or, or uh, a look at what could potentially happen. So right at the top here, uh, you see Will Anderson Jr. and Jalen Carter go right off the bat. Okay. Now again, the Cardinals could trade down with the Colts. I don't see them trading uh, down farther than that because they still want to get their best defensive player available, whether that's Will Anderson Jr. or Jalen Carter. That's fine. By the way, Jalen Carter going to the Lions here would suck because I'm a Vikings fan too, as well as a Raiders fan. So that would just suck because the, the Lions are already going to win the division. We've already called it. Now, uh, in at seven, this is actually a really good spot for the Raiders because Will Levis is still there. So if you want your quarterback of the future, fine. You can go get him. You're really not that worried about it. You probably could also get him outside of the top 10. I think he's kind of really fallen off in a lot of favor uh, with some NFL teams. But I think it's one of those things you just got to see. If he's here, you could target him. Will Levis at 7. You could target Devin with or Witherspoon, excuse me. I think those are two guys. Or if you wanted to go Peter Skaronsky along that offensive line, I think he's a plug-and-play guy that you can put immediately at guard, and he's going to do a lot of fantastic things. I know he says tackle here on PFF. He's not going to play tackle. Maybe right tackle in the NFL. You want to replace Jermaine Illuminar, fine. But Peter Skronsky is going to be a guy you could immediately put in. Also, Christian Gonzalez could be a lot of fun here. Uh, but after those guys, I really think you could trade down into the middle teens and see what you could get. But for right now, all intents and purposes, I... <sighs> 
I think Will Levis, maybe we can get him a little bit later. So I'm going to go Devin Witherspoon, uh, the, the, honestly, probably the best cover corner in this entire draft. And then you get into 38, which is a beautiful spot also for the Raiders. So we talked about all the potential targets there. You want the best corner available, a quarterback, or Jalen Carter and Will Anderson to fall to at seven. I think those are your targets in round one. Now, round two, outside of trading, of course. Round two, Dewan Jones there at, at uh, in the second round makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I also know that, you know, Cam, uh, Cam Smith has been a guy we've talked about in the corner position but he went to the Texans Osiris Torrance oh he would be a lot of fun too now, second round targets. I think right off the bat here, you got to talk about Dewan Jones. He definitely would shore up the rest of that offensive line. Tyreek Stevenson at corner. Uh, he would be uh, really interesting to me. Jack Campbell as well. Nathaniel Dell to help out that wide receiver room too. Steve Avila, uh, Luke Weipler, even though, is it Whipler? Whatever. Uh, even though um, I, I felt like the, the Raiders' interior is mostly good with Dylan Parham and Andre James, so I'm not really that worried about it. Uh, but, you know, Julius Brents, the long corner coming up out of Kansas State. Uh, Matthew Bergeron. So, Drew Sanders. Keanu Benton, as well as Jack Campbell, Nathaniel Dell, and Dewan Jones, I think are all going to be targets for you. So if I had to choose right here, because there's a there's a drop-off here. Uh, we already went corner. Edge is pretty deep in this class, and so is linebacker. I'm going to go Jack Campbell here, because I, I just love me some Jack Campbell. Also, Drew Sanders would be acceptable. Plus, you got a couple of third-round picks here. So, ooh, Garrett Williams, what, coming back from that ACL? Ooh, I like it. Ooh, Isaiah McGuire, too. So when you get into the third round here, especially early, guys like Garrett Williams are going to be there. Chandler Zavala, so you get your right guard of the future. You love it. Then you're back at 100 uh, you're later on for that uh, Darren Waller pick as well. Uh, let's see here. Carl Brooks is there. Derek Hall. These are all guys that I think are going to be there especially. So Garrett Williams I think is a target here. I think Chandler Zavala is a target uh, as well as uh, Carl Brooks and Derek Hall. Uh, yeah, I think that pretty much kind of hits it at this point. So, uh, let's see who else is there. Uh, Jalen Hyatt could also be a target. I don't know if the, if the Raiders really want to go uh, wide receiver. So for all intents and purposes, uh, we'll also give you kind of a, a, a guy here. I'm going to go Chandler Zavala. People are going to hate me, but you shore up the rest of that offensive line. We also got you some defensive pieces. Calm down. You'll be fine. Ooh, then Corey Trice right there in the third round. Boom. You have, ooh, I keep punching my microphone. Um, but you have sutured up the rest of that defense. Uh, right here, I would, I would pick Corey Trice and then be back at 109. You've got all three of your D your major uh, positions now D line again there's some defensive tackles that you could go in the third round here Kobe Turner for example would be a guy uh, but those are just a couple of uh, you know when you go through the first three rounds of the draft I think those are targets you really need to go ahead and take a look at but I think you know those guys really are it for the Raiders uh, again outside of the first round depends on what happens there it really will set up the second and third round uh, but that is it those are our top dra our top draft targets rather excuse me for the Las Vegas Raiders make sure you guys like and subscribe down below leave a like and a comment it helps people find the show uh, we love every single one of you. Uh, thank you guys so, so much for all of, of the support. Down in the description below, you'll find all of our social media platforms. So give us a like and a follow there. Also remember to give us a listen and sub on iTunes. And finally, if you have anything else you'd like us to cover, send us an email at thesportsbp at yahoo.com or put it in the comment section down below and we would love to cover it. But let us know what you guys think about our top draft targets for the Las Vegas Raiders in the 2023 NFL Draft. <laughs>the Seattle Seahawks are sitting pretty heading into the 2023 NFL draft like somehow they completely fleeced the Broncos they got their top 10 pick uh, got two first rounders uh, and yes they need some defensive tackle help and that will surely happen but we have to ask yourself what is the dream draft scenario if you are sitting there as the uh, Seattle Seahawks in the top of the first round as well in the kind of the mid uh, into 20 excuse me uh, there's a lot of things I think could happen but as far as dream draft scenarios I think this could be really fun so we're just going to show you some of those scenarios real quick as we kind of go through here just to 
trying to give you an idea of what could happen on draft night. Going to be a lot of fun. Where's the Seahawks? Uh, they're at five. Uh, just going to go ahead and roll with it. So at the start of the draft here, I really think that the Panthers, or excuse me, uh, the Cardinals, rather, could really go at any particular spot here. They could, probably are going to trade down with the Colts because they know that the Seahawks most likely aren't going to go quarterback. And honestly, so the Seahawks could trade back here to get some more draft capital. But if you want to talk about dream draft scenarios, Jalen Carter falling to you here is pretty much it. Like, this is literally it if you are the Seahawks. Uh, Jalen Carter getting you some more help there. Yeah, absolutely love it. So, Jalen Carter is probably literally it. Also, so is Will Anderson Jr. I know uh, who they bring in Jones from the Broncos. That's fine, too. They continue to fleece the Broncos. Uh, but now, even getting it to 20, like, could you literally be able to get a guy like Brian Brezzi as well as Miles Murphy here. Like two, your first two picks in the first round, you shore up the rest of this defensive line like nasty, absolutely nasty. And I'm just going to go spit, shooting from the hip here. Uh, I feel like Jalen Carter is really more of what they want to go after for a guy that's more of a, a, a gap penetrator. And then Miles Murphy, who's an athletic freak that can play both ends there. Maybe you go Brezzi as well. Fine, you can do that too. Uh, but then even getting into the second round, like literally if you go Brezzi, you could go BJ Jujulari too. But also, like Steve Avila to me has been my favorite pick to mock to the Seahawks this entire offseason. He would be a lot of fun here too. Uh, Jack Campbell's a lot of fun. So this is actually a really good spot too for the Seahawks. And again, this isn't a seven-round mock draft. You got two first, two seconds. So I think uh, for a dream draft scenario, you get the best guard slash center in the draft you also get some help along the interior and uh, exterior or, you know, edge, if you will. Uh, you could also get some help at linebacker because I know Bobby Wagner is getting a little bit up there in age. Uh, I know he came back, but you do want to get some guys that really could help you out. So as far as the dream draft scenarios, this is literally it. The, the, the Seahawks might be in the best position out of any team in the NFL draft. Plus, if you want to double down, that's fine, too. They've got draft picks all over the place here. Now, what if happens if they want to go quarterback? I know it's been talked about. I know it's been uh, befuddled, whatever. I think that five is still a really good spot, but at 20, what about a guy like Hendon Hooker? I know that uh, he's been mocked to the Vikings a lot, but you know you still have some draft, like dream draft scenarios. If you are on the table of saying, "Hey, what if the uh, what if the Seahawks, excuse me, want to trade up?" They've got the draft capital. Like they've got two first round picks, two second round picks. Uh, I think uh, is that two thirds or three, four, four doesn't matter. The point is they've got picks, they've got things rolling for them, they've got a lot of draft ammo to be up and go get their guy if they like a quarterback here, but. If they want to shore up that defense, uh, specifically the interior defensive line or the edge position, they can do that too. At 5 and 20, they're sitting in a really good spot. So really, quite honestly, with four picks, uh, what, in the top 83, they are sitting pretty. I imagine that this defensive line is going to get a lot better. Uh, and the Seahawks, all of a sudden, that defense that really wasn't that good last year, all of a sudden could be a lot better in 2023. Uh, but let us know what you guys think. That has been it for our top uh, draft targets for the Seattle Seahawks. Make sure you guys like and subscribe down below. Leave a like and a comment. It helps people people find the show we greatly appreciate all the support that we've gotten uh, you guys are all truly awesome in the description down below you'll find all of our social media platforms so give us a like and a follow there also remember to give us a listen and sub on itunes and finally if you have anything else you'd like us to cover send us an email at the sportsbp at yahoo.com or put in the comment section down below and we would love to cover it. but let us know what you guys think about our top draft targets for the seattle seahawks in the 2023 nfl draft <laughs>
The 2023 NFL draft process is a long one. Yes, you've got the combine, you've got the senior bowl, you've got all these different things, you got pro days, it's all kind of a big flurry. And there, a lot of times there's a lot of players that can get kind of lost in the mix or they kind of drop down draft boards, uh, people kind of forget about them. And that is why you kind of make a list of the sleepers in the 2023 draft or any draft for that matter. And that is exactly what we're doing today in our top five sleepers currently in the 2023 NFL draft are uh, guys that need a lot more respect. And I don't think you can start with anybody anybody other than uh marvin Mims, mims excuse me because he is the absolute number one nfl draft sleeper uh i really feel like you know when you watch him he's a guy that quite honestly he stretches the field uh has done it for the last couple of years at oklahoma and he's just an absolute stud so you'll see there his freshman year yes uh he came in and just absolutely tore the door off the roof uh is it door off the roof roof off the you guys get the point nine total touchdowns 16.5 yards per catch 600 yards and only 37 catches came back his sophomore year absolutely tore the door off the handle again Again, whatever you want to say, uh, but a total of 32 catches, 705 yards, and five touchdowns. Uh, was also a guy that came back uh, and showed that he could do uh, some things in the run game as well. Um, you know, I think in the NFL, you could find him, uh, get him some returns as well because he's just that small, compact guy that can just make big plays. You also saw it uh, his junior year where he caught 54 passes for 1,083 yards, uh, averaging 20 yards a catch, also had six touchdowns. And yes, I understand that, you know, size is it. He's not very big, like 5'10, 5'11. He's not the biggest guy, um, but he's a blade laser and honestly I see kind of a mixture of two players with him I see kind of a Percy Harvin and also a Stefan Diggs really type of role so I see a guy that can you know take a short pass and turn it into a big game but also a guy that can really stretch the field and help out a lot of NFL offenses and so you know again I do think he's going to be one of those guys that uh, continues to impress people but at the same time you know it's not like it was a shock like he's usually um, in that fourth round ish type of situation or that's at least where we've seen him mocked but you know his RAS score was uh, pretty good as well as a 9.14 uh, ran a 4.38 at the combine you know again size wasn't great 5.10 a buck 83 is what it is but he's explosive in the jumps about a 40 inch vertical a 10.9 in the broad um, and you know that 10 uh, 20 and 40 I mean it was literally a 1.55 for the 10 a 2.5 a 5 for the 20 and then a 4.38 so I mean the guy he's got speed for days he's got explosiveness for days uh, I really think he's getting slept on early in this draft I really think that you know with him and Jalen Hyatt, I think those two guys are kind of 1A and 1B for me uh, for the field stretching wide receivers in this draft. So I think these two guys definitely, or at least, excuse me, Marvin Mims needs to get more uh, of an opportunity uh, to be seen in, in a bigger light because he is a big-time player, and I think you'll see that later on uh, as we move forward here. Uh, 2000 NFL draft sleeper number two is left guard Chandler Zavala. Now, I understand that this guard class, specifically after Osiris Torrance and Steve Avila and all these guys, there's a drop-off. I understand that. I've seen Chandler Zavala go anywhere from, uh, you know, the fourth to the seventh round in a lot of mock drafts, and I get it because, you know, talking about a guy that's only really a two-year starter there coming up out of North Carolina State. Also, you kind of, to a degree, question some of the competition you had to play with, but, I mean, the, the production is production. You saw him play a total of uh, 746 snaps there for the Wolfpack. Didn't allow a single sack. Also had three hurries and also also only had one quarterback hit, but he had a PFF run blocking grade of 80 or a 73.4 and a PFF pass blocking grade of 86.5. Overall, he, he uh, sat there at a 76 overall. And He's a guy that more the more and more I watch, he reminds me so much of Trey Smith. He's a guy that, you know, he's very, very, like, big, like 6'4", 320. He's not going to get pushed around very easily. Can you beat him with speed? Yes, but I think a lot of those things can be really uh, coached up. And so I think, you know, maybe kind of shifting some of his weight back a little bit more and having his arms in a little bit closer. There's some timing issues, too, with his punch. But overall, I think those are coachable uh, things that you can really polish up. Uh, and I think he's going to be eventually a starter in the NFL. Um, I'm not sure how high of a starter, but getting him in the 
fifth, sixth round would definitely be a steal. I think he's going to be a guy teams really need to keep an eye on because uh, he will immediately be an upgrade over pretty much unless you got like Joe Thune or, you know, if you let's say uh, for the Raiders, he'd be an immediate upgrade uh, at left or right guard for a team like that or the Vikings. Doesn't matter. Immediate upgrade. Dude's going to be a stud. Uh, two thousand. Wow. 2023 NFL draft sleeper number three, edge player Dylan Horton. Dylan Horton is a guy that, quite honestly, he's not the best against the run game. I'll extend the olive branch there. He is one of those guys that, you know, especially when you watched him at the uh, Senior Bowl and all those kind of things, you know, uh, he was pretty explosive. He's a guy that's very explosive. However, he really only focuses on going to get the quarterback, and you'll see that in his stats too. Uh, Four sacks, his senior there, or quote-unquote senior year there uh, last year. And then this, uh, or two years ago, then this last year, for uh, the Horn Frogs, finished with 10 and a half sacks, 15 total tackles for loss, uh, just an absolute stud, 51 total tackles uh, in his uh, uh, last two years each. So, you know, he's one of those guys that he, he makes enough plays in the run game. It's not the end of the world. Uh, but if you want to find a guy that's a late round edge rusher that is going to give you a little something, something off the snap, I, I definitely believe Dylan Horton is one of those guys. Uh, you'll see his, his run defense grade was a 74.6, according to PFF, as well as a 71.4 PFF pass rushing grade, which is huge, uh, finished his career with a 75.9 overall grade. Now, again, I understand run game is very important in the NFL. He's not a three-down lineman right now. I really don't think so, but I do think he's a two-down type player or a NASCAR type package if you want to bring him in on third down. If you've got a 3-4 defense that you really want to put another athletic guy out there, I think you do it, no question. But uh, Dylan Horton definitely could be and is most likely going to be in that you know fifth to seventh round selection kind of uh, time frame is what we're kind of thinking. But overall, you can get a lot of value with a guy like Dylan Horton, and I think he can bring you a lot of uh, pass rush off the snap. Uh, 2023 NFL draft sleeper, number four, Defensive tackle Zach Pickens. I know we're going with defense a lot today, but this like this the some of the defensive players in this draft really do intrigue me. And it starts with Zach Pickens because if you watched him at the senior bowl, if you watched him at South Carolina, just an innate ability to be able to get push in the, uh, and kind of in the backfield, but that first step really is what impresses me. And I know uh, the for, for most likely the best defensive tackle in this draft right now is Jalen Carter. We're not even going to debate that. But Zach Pickens, between like if we're talking just specifically penetrators, first gap penetrators, there's three players that I put with that first step that is not going to be matched in this draft. Obviously, Jalen Carter. I also think Kalijah Kansi falls in that. And then there's Zach Pickens. Uh, and I think Zach Pickens is going to go anywhere from the fourth to sixth round. Um, but I, I think he could go sooner. So uh, you'll see here two and a half sacks last year with South Carolina, four sacks the year before. He's not a two-gap player. He's a one-gap player that's going to play mostly out of the B-gap. Uh, but last year, like I said, I did have a ton of uh, quarterback hurries. Wasn't an absolute liability in the run game. Again, that's not his strong suit. He's going to be a guy that's a third down type player to start out with but I think he could be uh, one of those guys that develops into being a uh, an eventual huge type of a player huge type of a starter for you down the line and again I understand it again the, the run is uh, or defending the run excuse me is so important in the NFL but Zach Pickens is going to be one of those guys that develops into being um, at least a serviceable run defender uh, you know he reminds me a lot um, and I'm not sure if you guys might remember uh, but I think it was um, uh, there was a couple of different players actually off the top of my head now to a degree Calais Campbell to a degree also I really think uh, a good comparison um you know is uh you know somebody that that's fast off the snap that is uh you know there you do see some like just because of his first snap awareness you see some hints of aaron donald not not the rest of his game i'll admit that but it's, it's his first half quickness his violence yes i do think uh that you definitely see some of that as well uh and then finally our 2000 nfl draft sleeper sleeper number five is cornerback jacorian bennett now Jacorian Bennett ran a 4-3 at the Combine. Some people might be saying, oh, he's not really a sleeper because he already ran fast. People kind of know about him. He is a sleeper, though, because right now NFL.com only really has him as a special teamer, maybe like a high-end backup. 
I think Jacorian Bennett can be something pretty cool in the NFL, a pretty good special player. So you'll see 39 total tackles in his senior year there at Maryland after he had a couple of years at a community college. Uh, five total interceptions. Did drop three interceptions. I'll admit that. There's a reason he plays DB, okay? There's a reason. Uh, overall, uh, did uh, was targeted 54 times, only allowed 54, uh, 24 catches uh, out of 54 targets, excuse me, for 309 yards. No touchdowns. Did have a couple of interceptions. Allowed a 47.5 passer rating when thrown at and had a uh, PFF coverage grade of a 70.3 and so again he's got the size 510 511 right at that six foot mark but you got to look at that too it's like we showed you with the passes defense i'll bring it back here 24 total passes defensed over the last couple of years he's one of those guys that he fights for every single ball i love it i absolutely love it um you know i i think there's some and kind of some ways he reminds me of jeff gladney uh rest in peace from the vikings uh also duke shelley is another player that he reminds me of also from the vikings uh definitely going to be the guy, a guy that scraps and claws for every opportunity he gets but i think once he gets his opportunity he's going to make teams really take a look at him i think he could go anywhere from that fifth to seventh round and he'll be an absolute steal because i think he could be a starter down the line for just about any nfl team uh, but that is it those are our top five draft sleepers in the 2023 NFL Draft. Let us know what you guys think. Make sure you guys like and subscribe down below. Leave a like and a comment. It helps people find the show. We greatly appreciate all the support that we've gotten. We love every single one of you. Down in the description below, you'll find all of our social media platforms. So give us a like and a follow there. Also remember to give us a listen and sub on iTunes. And finally, if you have anything else you'd like us to cover, send us an email at thesportsbp at yahoo.com or put in the comment section down below, and we would love to cover it. But let us know what you guys think about our top five uh, sleepers in the 2023 NFL Draft.